I am Daniel Reviews, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. She is an award-winning author, no other than Miss Catherine Nichols. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm fabulous like you, Miss Catherine, and thank you for your time for our second episode. Of course. And can you please introduce yourself? Yes, uh, it's Catherine Nichols. I'm the author of four books uh, currently out. The Sometimes Sisters, my first one. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the sequel to The Sometimes Sister, The Substitute Sister. I live in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, in the U.S., and was a teacher for a long time, and then finally returned to my first love of writing. Yes, indeed, Miss Catherine. So, the substitute sister, the sequel of the sometime sister, was the big difference. Well, in the first book, we lose some important characters. And one of them, we find out very quickly, is the younger sister. That's not a giveaway. Uh, she's gone after like the first 10 pages. But in the substitute sister, I did something different. I had two points of view, two different narrators. One was Grace, who was the older sister in the sometime sister. And the second one is Natalie. Natalie is a new character. She's younger, and she has discovered that she is the half-sister to Grace and, of course, to the sister she never got to know, Stella. So she kind of watches and ends up, she considers herself not a stalker, but sort of a protector of her older sister, and she's really trying to find out how she can introduce herself and possibly become a part of a bigger family. Unfortunately, she has some problems. Her mother has uh, a serious stroke. And so she's delayed in her pursuit of the second family. And we follow her journey at the same time we follow Grace and what's going on with her family. Sounds interesting, Miss Catherine. So the substitute sister was behind the title of the sequel of your novel. Well, the Natalie considers herself to be a substitute and yet not be a substitute. She knows she can't step in for the sister who was uh, murdered, but she wants in some way to try to fill in a void that she knows she's felt without understanding why. And she under believes that Grace definitely fills this void too. The other important part of that is the idea in the first book is that you're not, you can't just sometimes be a sister. You either are or you're not. And once you're a sister, you're a sister forever. And when she finds out that she has this sister, Natalie finds out she has this sister, it's just so important to her that she will be in a relationship with any way that Grace defines it. And uh, for, well, 
unfortunately, there's also some very frightening things going on in Grace's life, which are holdovers from the first novel. And Natalie becomes aware of them and becomes involved in them herself. So, Miss Kathleen, how did you craft the subject sister? It's kind of funny because I had no intention of writing a sequel to The Sometime Sister. It was considered a standalone to me. But the characters, I just fell in love with them. Uh, Grace's family, her mother and her aunt, and the man who eventually becomes Grace's stepfather, they were just such fun characters and such loving and caring and eccentric characters. And Grace's cousin, Les Roy, I just adored. And they would not leave me alone. It was kind of like I didn't plan to write the sequel, but I kept thinking about my characters and kind of wondering what they would be doing. And so I realized that I, ha I needed to bring them back, but I didn't want it to be just a continuation of their story. And that's when I came up with the idea of Natalie, who could look at the family from a totally different perspective and give the book a totally different flavor which I thought was very important. Very well said, Miss Catherine. So what part of the book do you think similarity for the first novel, The Sometime Sister? Well, the relationships, of course, are very similar because we pick back up with Grace. She has married the man that uh, she met during the first novel, and they have a child who... I don't want to say too much because it, if you haven't read the first book, it's kind of helpful to uh, have that be a surprise to you. But their child is in becomes in danger, and the danger comes from the roots of that first book because her the child's real father was involved with drugs and all sorts of dangerous and illegal activities in Ecuador. So he's going to pop back in to the story. And we don't know whether he is coming out of love for this daughter he didn't get to know, or if he's coming to protect her, or if he's coming to take her away. And Grace realizes that she is the most dangerous of all women. She is a mother who will do anything to protect her child uh, in the same framework, we have Natalie, who becomes kind of a caregiver to her mother, and she'll do anything to protect her mother. And then once she gets her mother back on her feet, she wants to protect that child too, a child that, who, who is her niece. So we, we pick up on the characters, and we get to explore them in different ways, in deeper ways, and we meet new characters. Interesting, Miss Catherine. So the substitute sister, if you want to go back and revise the book itself, which part of the book you want to revise? Um, I don't know that I would revise anything, but I always think I might have been able to develop my characters more. There is a love interest for Natalie and I don't feel like I gave him enough time or that I gave their relationship enough time. So I'm leaving myself an opening there if I decide to do a third book, which my publisher would like for me to do so that it would be a trilogy. So in, in that way, I still get another chance to, instead of thinking about revising, I have a chance to think about continuing and developing 
the way I would really like to. Yes, indeed. So, substitute sister, what is the best highlight? Okay, because there are two、uh, separate—well, not two separate storylines, but because there are two points of view. At first, I thought I would have two different、uh, points of impact, but what actually happens, and it's the way it should be, is they converge. The stories converge, and we have this. Very terrifying scene where we're not sure what has happened to the little girl, and we're worried about the, her. And there's a big fire, and there are people coming out、uh, of the smoke, and revelations and recognitions, and it's a very powerful climax. And from that point on, things、uh, work themselves out and settle in.、Uh, like the first book, there is some sadness, there is some loss. But like the first book, it's I'm going to always give my readers a hopeful ending, and this one is very hopeful. Yes, Miss Catherine. But before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening in the United States, especially in the state of Georgia. <laughs> yes, yes, Georgia. Thank you so much because in the United States, you are the number one state. Listening to me, I get forty-four percent. So inside Georgia, I get Atlanta. I get fifty-four percent. Stockbridge at forty-five percent. Seaford, I get one percent, and the rest are Hepsibah, Marietta, Athens. Oh, you have Athens in Georgia. We do. It's a big university town. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Commerce, yes.、Uh, Decatur. Flowery Branch, Roswell, Jonesboro, Ashworth,、uh, Baxley,、uh, Sinoa. If I that's right. And last but not the least, Suwani. Yes, very、uh, good. Yes, thank you, Georgia, for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world. Like me, Catherine Nichols <laughs> from Georgia. Yay! Yay! Please support me, Catherine, because it's from Georgia people. So, if you're supporting this podcast, so please support all my guests because they are one of a kind. Miss Catherine, the substitute sister. If there's a highlight, what do you think missing in the novel? Well, I there are some of、uh, I tend to give more attention to my female characters, and there's oh there is one missing thing in this book that I left out on purpose, and I can't quite decide what to do. In the first book, we learn that、uh, Grace's father pretty much deserted them when she was little, and in the second book, we learn that he、uh, had a had a second family. And he deserted them too, and I don't have anything in either book about this man. And I started to put him in, and I thought, I don't know if he deserves to be in the book because he deserted two families. But in the third book, I may include him. He may be a missing puzzle piece that I need to have. I just haven't been able to decide yet. But if I were to think of anything that. Might add to everybody's backstory and possibly even to a plot, a continuation and plot. He might be a good、uh, choice to do that with. If you're gonna do the third novel, 
how would you relate to these two books? I haven't totally, well, I've started, not started it, but I've begun to outline it. And I have this cool idea where I want to do give more attention to the mother, Grace's mother, because Grace's mother lost her daughter and she has this, this Natalie is really no relation to her at all. Natalie is the daughter of her husband, um, who the one that left her. So she has these interesting uh, relationships with younger women that she cares about. And I wanted to do something with her where not only does she have this close relationship with her younger sister, but where we learn about one of her best friends who, um, for, for reasons that I will explain but not give yet, uh, has become estranged. So I plan to have the Grace's mother talk about how it is when you lose a best friend, no one understands the kind of grief you go through. Everybody says they're sorry and they want to be there for you if you lose a family member. But sometimes our friends are closer than our family members. And oftentimes those people are just kind of pushed to the side in the grieving process. So I want to explore that kind of friendship. And I also want to have the mom be involved in um I'm going to call it a vigilante group. I'm not sure that's exactly how it's going to turn out, but I also want to have these older women have this incredible um, depth. I want, don't want them to be stereotypical and I want them to be relating with some of the younger women, possibly the, the, her, her granddaughter. I may have a relationship between her granddaughter and I'm also going to have, of course, Grace and Natalie involved in it. So I've got some real, I just got to kind of rein it all in and organize it because I've got all kinds of ideas. So do you have the timeline in writing this third novel? I don't because I'm, <laughs> because I'm working on a second, well, I, in the fall, I have the first uh, book and what I'm, the Lucy Howard mystery series. The first one is coming out and I've started a second one for that one. So I need to finish that before I let myself really get into this third book. So I'm trying to have my timeline be to finish that one and then be ready to pick up on the third one for the sisters. Yes. Good luck for that, Miss Catherine. But before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Comedy 101 with Mr. Mike Lucas. Uh, Comedy 101 is empowering comedians all over the world. We're going to teach you how to laugh and to entertain other people because laughter is the best medicine, people. So please do listen. Comedy 101. So plus one more, please do grab a copy of my... Food 101, Volume 1. Basics is all about the culinary fundamentals in the kitchen, people. This is my first season of Food 101. So please do grab a copy, Food 101, Volume 1, Basics. Available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. 
So, Miss Catherine, the sometime sister and the substitute sister, we are empowering women, right? Yes, yes, definitely. So, which part of the story that you empowering women? Well, Grace, of course, in the first book, recognized her own strength, and she really comes into her own, as I said, when she has the uh, the motherhood concept to have she re- recognizes that she not only will is willing to do anything but she is capable of doing anything to uh, keep her daughter safe with natalie she really grows in the substitute sister she starts out as a pretty selfish young teenager and over the years when she has to take care of her mother she becomes a much more mature and strong person. She doesn't realize how strong she is in the same way that Grace didn't in the first book until that strength is tested. And she ends up pretty much saving the young girl without her uh, being on the scene. It's possible the child might not have made it. So of course that gives her this incredible sense of strength and power. And the third book that I'm planning will reinforce the strength of the older women who've been in the story. Very well said, Miss Catherine. What is your advice for those women out there have the same difficulties in life that the same uh, in the novel? Well, I think believing in yourself is very, very important. And I think you can't believe in yourself until you recognize your own worth. I think you should not be in relationships with anyone who does not recognize and celebrate your worth. And I think that you should never accept less than what you deserve. And if you manage to do those things, I think you can take take your power and use it gently as necess- as needed or a little more forcefully when needed. And all of that will be in keeping with who you are. Yes. Very well said, people. And uh, thank you for sharing to us because we need to empower women, people. Let's be equal. Let's be feminist because there's a lot of men over there still now <laughs> grudging that they are better than women. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, sadly. <laughs> yes, sadly, but people, now in the, we are now in the 21st century. We need to be equal in everything, in the society, in politics, in gender, in everything, because that's what God created us, to be equal. That's a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. The Substitute Sister, if you compare to a classic novel, where can you compare? You know, I hadn't really thought about that, but I was just thinking about uh, I'm I'm not like a super, super Jane Austen fan. I like her, but I think she creates this society where women have to be kind of quietly assertive, and it's during her time period, what, in the 1800s. So I think that my novel kind of creates female characters who fit this time period as in the same forceful and influential way that Austen's characters uh, contributed to an understanding of her time period. 
Yes, indeed. So, Miss Catherine, can you give us five uh, ways to empower women? Well, the way you said, support women. If you're a man, support women, because when all of us are, when any of us is stronger, all of us are stronger. And I think that's really important. So men can help us that way. Women should support each other. I have a podcast myself called Wild Women Who Write Take Flight. And we are women authors who encourage other women authors, some of whom are established, some of whom are just starting out. And we're there to support each other. Be generous with other women as a woman to help empower yourself you can empower by, by empowering others. I think we should teach our daughters and our sons how important it is to be respectful of one another and to recognize that we have different strengths and gifts. But when we work, when we work together, we make everything better by using those strengths and gifts. I think that's three. Let me see. Uh, four, I think we can speak out as women uh, against for the things we believe in and against the things that we know are wrong and we should not be shy about speaking out. And all the, the last one I think is tricky because I do feel that women have as much to offer as men, but I also feel we offer it differently. And I think we should respect our differences as well as our similarities in that power balance. Very well said, Miss Catherine. Indeed, people, it's about time <laughs> to empower women all over the world because they are amazing. There are different ways. They do, we do them differently, which doesn't necessarily make them better or worse, but that difference is key. And respecting that difference, I think, is the way to kind of reach a mutual understanding where we don't feel like we're in competition. Very well said, Miss Catherine. So the substitute sister, what else you can say about it? Well, I would say, please read it. I think you will love it. I would say you do not have to read the first book to enjoy The Substitute Sister. But for me, it's always um, more fun if there is background on the characters. I like to know it. And if you do read the first book first, then you feel like you enter into a relationship with an old friend. It doesn't mean that it isn't just as much fun to enter into a relationship with someone you're just meeting. And there are plenty, there's plenty of explanation to fill you in. You won't be lost if you start the second book before the first one. But uh, I think you will enjoy both of them. I think my husband, who has become this incredible support system for me and has started reading books that he might not have read had I not been writing them. And, <laughs> and, and he'd known, and, and many of my friends who are also writers. And I think that he finds things in the books that I might not have even thought about that, that he'll ask me questions about. So I don't think they're just women's books, but they definitely have a bigger audience with women. Yes, indeed. So, Miss Catherine, the substitute teacher, which chapter do you enjoy the most? 
Ooh, that's hard because I divided it in two. I went like five chapters with Grace and then five chapters with Natalie. I love the part where I'm giving background on Natalie because she is so different from the Grace and, and different from the Stella as well. So I enjoyed the chapters where I'm developing her background and where you're learning about her, she, her boyfriend from high school that she finally gets rid of. Uh, he's not a bad guy, but he's just, she's worth more. And when she comes to that realization and she becomes stronger, I love those chapters. And they're kind of interwoven uh, with the entire book. Oh, yes, indeed, uh, Miss Catherine. And thank you, Player FM, for being on the top five best book review podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you continue. I'll be on the number one soon. <laughs> and thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Miss Catherine, can you please invite our listeners to buy all their books? Oh, yes. I, I'm available on Amazon and and pretty much any place where you might want to order books. I have two others, the Unreliables, which is kind of a darker mystery. And I have Trust Issues, which uh, I love because it's a, a intergenerational look at women uh, through the eyes of uh, the grandmother, the granddaughter and the mother and, a, and someone from an even younger perspective. I dedicated that one, Trust Issues, to my own grandmother uh, and so it has a special, special place in my heart. And I hope everyone will check those out. The five, the sometime sister, the substitute sister, the unreliables and trust issues, as well as be on the lookout in September for my newest book, which is called False Claims. Oh, sounds interesting, Miss Catherine. So the substitute sister, what are your struggles in writing with? Uh, my struggles are always staying focused on just sitting down and doing it. Um, I have a wonderful family. I enjoy spending time with them. I have friends. I try to do other reading. And sometimes I should make myself uh, separate myself from everything and sit down to writing. And I don't always do that. So my struggle is with I'm pretty disciplined, but I need to be more disciplined. Yes. The more you disciplined you are, the more you better. Uh, I think so. It's the first time that I'm going to ask my uh, guest to give us a food of thought. I would like for you to think about a world where we don't have to talk about whether men and women are equal anymore. We just get on with it and we come to that place you talked about, a place of peace and calm and i'd like for people to think about what that would look like peaceful world <laughs> yes <laughs> that'd be awesome this will be no war uh have peaceful on earth people have peace because you know what's happening to our world now climate change and we have a better issue than war <laughs> oh yes definitely we, we need to unite and combat climate change people so set aside your politics set aside anything that create war because we are facing wars in terms of climate change it will really a big uh, topic that we need to unite that we need to solve and 
stay together to have a resolution all over the world, all over the uh, each countries, because we are involved on this. And if we don't do that, we may not have a world to leave to our grandchildren. Yes, for our generation to generation to come. Yes. <laughs> so, Miss Catherine, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Party on, people. See you soon.